I was gonna bring up whitewashing right away. <laughs> oh, you were thinking little, of I, Ghost of Ghost in the Shell? That's yeah. That's what I was thinking of because I was I like, Peter Chung is the creator of this, but I couldn't. I didn't watch the first episode. I didn't get around to it, but I watched the show, and everyone's talking about how it's an anime. But isn't mm-hmm. anime specifically from Japan, or am I ignorant that, like, I think no, it's one of those stuff. like champagne sparkling wine oh, deals. God. Okay, uh, but <laughs> it, isn't the character in Aeon Flux? I mean, looking at pictures, she doesn't quite. Uh, well, I should say the character from Aeon Flux, as in Aeon Flux, um, is not like asian representing like she looks like a white lady but i mean so does most characters in anime uh, that's true which i would say it's not an anime because it's i'm pretty sure everybody involved is western and hmm. i'm pretty sure like the dude also made something like rugrats didn't he yeah he uh, oh, so he i mean he's a korean american but i mean he's an american but uh, i don't think he's it's necessarily classified as anime or anything like that yeah, it's he, just he animation. did. Yeah. Huh. They did refer to her, to Eon Flux, as a ghost. And immediately I said afterwards, in a show? <laughs> in Which, did a you show? see? Did you see that uh, remake? Or not the remake, but the adaptation with. No. I, I never watched the show and I never watched the movie because I was like, I, I'm just not interested. The, did you? Uh, I liked the original anime movie that every like the show and everything was adapted from it honestly is pretty fucking cool but then and like i'm not an anime guy like i like basically akira ghost in the shell cowboy bebop and evangelion that's it um yeah and of course miyazaki um it's a toast yeah come yeah. Okay. So I, I yeah, think you like <laughs> no, but you like, but you're not an anime the, fan. Yeah, like, I get yeah, you. You're not I, like reading the mangas, being like One Piece is just like it. Yeah, and watching like, eight hundred episodes like, of something. I think most anime people are fucking huge dorks who just like looking at like really gross drawings of scantily clad schoolgirls. We love um, you, Toasty. Yeah. <laughs> like, Terry does the deep dives, yeah. the, the super yeah, deep dives into like high school romantic anime, which I love. I'm not, you know, putting them apart, but yeah. I'm way more picky. Like, I love, of course, Absolutely. the heavy hitters of like Satoshi Khan and like um, Miyazaki, obviously, it, it, but more of like the popular ones because when you get in the nitty gritty, it's kind of like hard sci fi versus like entertainment sci fi. Like, everyone's yeah. not going to love Red Dwarf. As much as they like, True. you know, Star Trek: The Next Generation, but they're both yeah. kind. Of, I don't know. Ah, that's a weird or Farscape. Uh, yeah. Well, see, SG-1. I, I yes, Babylon <laughs> Farscape. <laughs> SG- yeah, yeah or Babylon yeah. Five. But I, I appreciate. See, like I like some animes, but there's a part of me that just can't quite take them seriously. So when they are like, um, they're supposed to be comedies, like blatant ones, like Food Wars, or um even like one punch man mm-hmm. they're awesome i love those like yeah. food wars is fucking ridiculous but it's supposed to be it's hilarious and also they make food look so good in animation but then like one punch man is also like that's a straight up comedy it's kind of making fun of the whole idea of like superheroes but it also has some like cool badass fight serious moments 
but it's like it knows it's a comedy and that's what it's it's doing mm. it's like almost as if it's using the style of anime to make fun of the style of anime if that makes sense like it's satirical yeah, it you does know. yeah but i like that stuff uh but i didn't watch did you guys you guys i mean paco you watched how much of the eon flux tv show did you actually watch I think I watched like two episodes and a half, and then I was like, "All right, that's enough of that." Um, <laughs> you got you got so what? funny that you were just like, "I gotta yeah. get this out of me." No, it was just. <laughs> and you watch these episodes in a row, right? And then you yeah, to the, like then I you put, tucked your shirt in. Yeah, I I was done tucking my shirt in, so I was like, "All right, I'm Quick done." Five minute uh, break. Yeah, but <laughs> I had to do it before because in high school I took this. Uh, drug called 2CE um Ooh, which is <laughs> like a weird synthetic hallucinogen and my buddy was like oh i just got the aeon flux complete series we should watch it and so i think it was more enjoyable in that situation because i didn't <laughs> understand it but it was bizarre and like i the animation was really cool as yeah. like the world was being built. And then a few years later, I was trying to impress a girl at a party and we were watching it. And then uh, this other guy I knew, Q, uh, came and started watching it. And then she hooked up with Q. Uh, but it's okay because it turned out she was on heroin and got Q addicted to heroin. So And Q is... Yeah, now Q's got on the present being. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was gonna say he's got on to contribute to overthrowing the American government, but uh Yeah. Oh! <laughs> Even better. Yeah. It's like, man, Q sounds like he did well for himself. Shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He clearly got his shit together. Yeah. Um, Infiltrated Reddit and just kind of took over that entire, like, you know, little stream there. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it does look it it looks amazing, honestly. Like I, I saw uh, the behind a couple of behind the scenes featurettes on uh, MTV. You know, it presents. Mm. Uh, there's a bunch Ooh, yeah. of uh, YouTube clips of it, which are super 2005, super like yuck. <laughs> it was just gross <laughs> watching. Mm-hmm. Um, but MTV. it was inter- it was just interesting, kind of seeing the actual clips and the anime because like the an- the animations amazing like it, it really is beautiful that i was surprised i had never watched the show or really been immersed in it at all um because i think it was it started as liquid television on mtv there was like uh maybe they were shorts um mm-hmm. i feel like on mtv and i could be making this up but with television if you know it wasn't exactly 30 minute time slots or whatever they would have to put in shorts to fill up the remaining time before like the next uh, programming would start. So you'd mm-hmm. see like a bunch of like shorts and random things. And so I think liquid television was something like that, where it was just a bunch of random shorts until uh, it gained a little bit of traction with uh, Peter Chung doing Rugrats or at least huh. the opening to Rugrats was his. I, 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 I did a I could job sort of see that style of animation. Cause I mean, the opening to Rugrats is kind of different than the show uh, in subtle ways, but it kind of sells yeah. the entire idea of Rugrats in that opening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it kind of uh, it starts from like the perspective 
from what I remember of Rugrats, like the perspective of the baby. And it's all kind of like weird, like almost fisheye lens sort of stuff. And like the animation is similar to like, I don't know what I would think of, of like classic heavy metal sort of animation where yeah. it's kind of like wonky, weird and like surreal, um, surreal. Um, and also, you know, it kind of uh, dips in like that opening dips into the idea of like, hey, these babies are going to go on adventures. It's all in their mind, but they're like going from place to place. Like, you know, they're in the desert or like something like that. That's just how the episodes go along. Is these yeah. kids have little adventures in like playgrounds, but they immerse. It's like a Calvin and Hobbes sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I can definitely see that. Um, so you watched the first episode, Jason, of Eon Flux? No, I just watched random clips and stuff. Pop Paco okay. sent me the first episode and I just didn't get a chance to watch it. Um because I was I was over Eon Flux at a certain point, um, unfortunately. it's interesting how they adapted it because it it doesn't really make sense, but as we get into the <laughs> production of this movie, I think we'll come to come to grips with why it doesn't really make sense. It definitely is one of those that um before we start is it's one of those movies that like for the first like 30 minutes, I was like, why even make this movie? I don't know why this is made into a movie. And then it became a little more apparent as I did like a a little bit of research. And also as the story actually picks up and you find out what's actually going on. um, Classic storytelling. Keep you. The only reason that I kept watching the movie, because I was like, okay, so what is this virus? What are they talking about? What's going on? And I, that's the only reason I stuck around because I was, it's like a soap opera thing, like cliffhanger. Ah, I got to watch the next episode, even though I hate the show. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just want to know what goes on. Um, So you guys want to get this, this episode started and off the, on the the right path. Should we do an intro? Yeah. Yeah. Good one. Oh, okay. Um. Uh, so, side note, just a warning. I had a couple meetings today, and Odin has diarrhea uh, today. And he went to this litter box right here when I was in an important meeting with my boss and just ripped the biggest, most human-sounding <laughs> fart ever. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, there's no way I can blame that on my cat. No, like, I know. My boss yeah. will not believe that my cat. So like I can believe a dog, but a cat. Yeah, I don't. Just like his name's Odin, though. That's crazy. I don't even know if I've heard an audible cat fart in my life. Like or like a like I've heard poop, but that's mm-hmm. yeah. intense. Is he well, okay? it, yeah. I mean, it wasn't really. You know, it was a poop, but it was one of those yeah. where when you're pooping, you fart. Uh, oh, totally. but I gave him some probiotics. Oh, good. good. Normal cat farts are like are like more like air. There's like, yeah. That's like the only cat farts I've ever heard. So just be warned. There's a chance that Odin will come back and wreck the litter box yet again. Um, I hope so. (laughs) Must must listen podcast. Welcome to the Vulgar Tours, where we discuss the filmographies of genre filmmakers. Uh, right now we are looking at the films of Karin Kusama, and today we are talking about her second feature, Aeon, Eon Flux. Did I say Eon movie? Eon. I, yeah. I think when you do the capitalized A, then the capitalized E, then the lowercase that they're attached. E, yeah. that it, it makes a different kind of sound. Mm-hmm. 
Ew, I'm so, just making that up because I think okay. that thing's bullshit. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. I thought it was maybe like they were saying it's. I always thought it was Aeon Flux, and that yeah. the reason that the actors were saying Eon Flux because they didn't give a shit and they just like, well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. We just don't typically have that letter in the English alphabet. So like the A attached to the E is, I guess, is it an A or is it an E sound? I don't know. I like Aegis, uh, you know, the like old code for um, Age of Empires 2. It's like yes. a Greek word uh, where it's about like expansion. Um, hmm. That has an A sound. That's one of the only AE words I know. Um, yeah i know same didn't that <laughs> didn't that cheat code give you like ten thousand of everything i think it gave the full map so you could see everything oh that's right yeah that's yeah. right it opened up the whole map yep yeah. so let's talk a little bit about where karen kusama is at this point uh after yeah. girl fight which she was able to sell for a profit even though the movie itself ended up not making money it wasn't on her end she struggled for a few years trying to get the next thing off the ground. Um, one project she pitched that sounds either really good or really, really, really bad is a kind of sci-fi horror movie about a man turning into a woman. Uh, and apparently there was a scene where like the guy's balls fall on the floor and so at some point in the movie, the male actor would be replaced with a female actor. And it sounds mm. really fucking wild. And she was yeah. trying to get it made, but nothing ever came of it. And so she went a few years and was kind of dejected, but liked the script for Aeon Flux enough to go in for a meeting. And at this meeting, she just did like a brief presentation. And according to a BuzzFeed article from 2016, she got the job because her competition was a bunch of guys who just came in, but didn't do any presentation, was just like, my pitch is we get Moby and shit like that. So like by doing the bare minimum, she got the job. But her vision was she wanted to make kind of like a... $50 million almost like wuxia Chinese martial arts art film. So (laughs) they went to great lengths to choreograph everything and shoot everything. But midway through the movie, the producer who greenlit it was fired and the new producer wanted a movie to sell to teenagers and basically hacked it apart. And they're were apparently originally like really elaborate scenes that were really hardly worked on uh, to try to make it gorgeous that just Mm -hmm. were cut down to the garbage you see. And, you know, directors (laughs) are always, always one-sided in this. Um, Mm -hmm. She wasn't even allowed to just be alone in the room with the editor when they brought her back in. And so she's very bitter and she really sells this other movie that she says is unrecognizable from what was released. Uh, and apparently hers was kind of an epic. Like it sounds like it was almost three hours long. I could see that being possible for a movie like this. It does, it does tackle a kind of a huge theme, mm-hmm. but it, like we mentioned, it kind of shits the bed on that. And it's so quick. It's like an hour and a half. So it's mostly trying it is, to fit in mostly action. It's like even hour and 20. 
So yeah, yeah it is know? the perfect length for a bad movie to be as short yes. as possible. Well, like, do you yeah. know if Kusama was a fan of the original animated series at all, or if she came from that? Apparently, yeah, did she they bring wasn't. Her she didn't really know that world beforehand, hmm. but uh, she thought it was kind of interesting because a lot of times Aeon Flux dies at the end of an episode, and it's yeah. never explained why she's back in the next one. And sometimes oh. she and Trevor are lovers, and sometimes they aren't, but they're always spies. In the cartoon, it's like two separate cities that are right next to each other. It's kind of like an hmm. East Berlin, West Berlin thing, hmm. where there's a wall and they shoot you if you try to go over it. And Trevor Goodchild runs a fascist state, but like the world outside is more normal. And she's from the like normal world where people are free. And so she's going to try to free people a lot of the time. Uh, like in the second episode, it's about a couple where one goes over the wall, but the other can't make it. And so Aeon fucks the dude and Trevor fucks the woman uh, of the couple for reasons I couldn't quite understand. Uh, I think to make <laughs> each other jealous. And then I don't know. Oh, I it's, it's, There's no plot. To <laughs> There's no reason for that. Just like we need some hot sex in the scene, dude. Um, I, I feel like it reeks of like, and again, this is all speculation, but it, it feels like the producers were wanting to market it as a a new franchise because this came out the same year as like the Chronicles of Narnia, Line, uh, the Witch in the Wardrobe, the Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl, and 3D Electra, you know. I feel like this was the era where everything was kind of turning into like, Oh, you couldn't just do like a, you know, a one-off whatever, like they want, if they're going to spend this much money, which granted this is kind of a, like $65 million was the budget of the movie, which is a shitload of money. And that's in with inflation, you know, that was more back in uh, 2005 or maybe not. It's a, I feel like there's so many like random weird moments in this movie that ultimately like the tone is so strange where it's almost, they were trying to make it more broad sci-fi and it just didn't mash at all. So the whole movie just kind of does feel like a compilation of uh, a bunch of groupthink folks saying, Hey, take this out, put that in and let's streamline this story to not make it as, you know, maybe the way that it was supposed to be like the intentions were, because I think uh, Peter Chung, the creator of, of Eon Flux, like disowned this movie and Kusama, uh, Charlize Theron doesn't talk about it. Like, I think this is kind of like the black sheep in all of their, uh, you know, bodies of work, um, mostly because of the professional, like, oh, it was taken away from Kusama. And Imagine um, making reindeer games. And this is the movie you don't talk about. <laughs> wait was that Shelly Theron yeah <laughs> with their own um yeah that is interesting even though this movie yeah it, it's it's I don't know it was one of those movies <laughs> where it did feel kind of split up in like its stories and like where I, I don't know I guess in a way where like your act one act two and act three are very very like it's the line is drawn exactly where one starts and one ends Mm-hmm. but yeah 
I honestly, you know, I don't know enough about this movie and I don't really know what to talk about this with this movie other than like the fact that it's I guess it's I of really its time. like the production design. Um Yeah, the production design is really beautiful. I thought the world like the world building was was kind of cool and also all the sets were pretty cool like trevor's library mm-hmm. um i kind of appreciated that whole thing um i guess another thing i liked about this movie was um like that for especially for a, a like film with a world set in, like 400 years into the future mm-hmm. like it starts off with like 2011 is when the virus comes out um and then this 400 pandemic? years later that kills 99 yes. percent well, of people yeah, well, as we learn, it makes it made them sterile, mm-hmm. and um, they kept that hidden Gosh, definitely for like most of the movie. <laughs> COVID nineteen just made everyone sterile like that. That could have been of a, a good. Uh... It might help the environment. Yeah, um, I would be because we don't really need more babies. Okay with it. But um, one thing I, I did appreciate about this movie was its um, its level of people of color is the cast, whether they're good guys or bad guys. Um, there was whether they're you know men or women um, and apparently one of the things the producers cut out is one of the characters had like a subplot about being gay just like sort of casually like it wasn't particularly important but it was just there because they thought it representation yeah and it was part of the society that these people live in yeah. i mean i was a little I was confused, like, uh, by Una, because I didn't know that she was Eon's sister. So I was like, oh, okay, this is kind of, it's kind of hot. There's like a triad, like this love triangle, or maybe, because <laughs> mm-hmm. what's his face is like. I don't know. They, they express it, like, first off. Yeah. And, and Eon's like. They express that right off the bat when they're meeting. Like, yeah, she's like, hi, the, sister. Yeah. Yeah, but still. Yeah, I, like, I <laughs> it was so quick, but their chemistry was great. I mean, come on. We don't know. I mean, I suppose so. In the future, we don't know. We don't know what's up. Yeah, we don't know what's down. I feel like there's a reason that this movie has nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes, something like that. As just nobody wants to talk about it. But I do think, as we uh, discussed in the group chat, it's better than The Island. Um, no, I disagree. Michael Bay's The Island. I would rather I totally, watch The I totally Island. Think it's, it was way more entertaining that's, than The Island. That's shocking. Like it's, it's I think honestly. both of them are equally boring, but if I'm going to watch a boring movie, I'd rather watch a boring movie that's short and looks good over a boring yeah. movie that's longer and looks like complete shit. Okay, that's, that's yeah. valid. At least it's not yeah. two hours and full of like... Awful, the worst CGI. Awful yeah. CGI. Yeah, that's that's true. But it, but yeah, that's that's true. They're the, they're both kind of a miserable afternoon, though. Yeah, and but well, I don't think honest, either like, of I, them are miserable. I think they're both like dude, impossible the island, to focus on. Boring. They're, they're like boring. Yeah. that's the worst. Thing. Daring like, you yeah. not to to look at your phone. Like it's so hard to not just go onto Twitter after twenty minutes. Of well, this that's movie. that's why that's why there's like oh, but here's Charlize in a fruit leather outfit with a choker. Here's violet origami in a white outfit. And, you know, it's like the, and here's hand feet. <laughs> I was kind of surprised. Hand Her pajamas are like what Eon <laughs> wears in the cartoon, where it's like. A necklace that covers her tits and her crotch and, like, basically nothing else. But then normal underwear. 
It was just like she was. Yeah. She woke up in a bed with a canopy of beads, and then she goes through the canopy of beads, and you're like, oh, some of those beads are actually just straight up her like lingerie Outfit. that she's wearing. It's like, yeah, <laughs> she's really going to sleep in that. Come on. Yeah. Uh, it's the I, future, man. Like you wear whatever. I was easy. grateful that it was a female director because I was concerned. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like if if Michael Bay or somebody directed there were too it, much male gazy shit. Yeah, and she'd have to wear that stupid bikini thing the whole fucking time. Yeah. I mean, I will say I, I'm probably a little bit biased of this movie because I was just having like a good morning watching it. Like I or had a burrito and ordered some tacos. I was just like, you know, enjoying myself a lengua burrito and some tacos and just watching this movie and being like, okay, this is kind of fun and stupid. Like, you know, just mm-hmm. laughing at all the dumb stuff. Uh, so like, I don't know. I feel like I wasn't forced to watch this movie because technically I wasn't, but mm-hmm. I was like, I guess in comparison to the Island, the Island is one of those that I was like, this is such a simple concept that is, drawn way too thin throughout the story while Aeon Flux takes like a grander concept of sterilization and cloning and like past meeting future and all that sort of stuff as like a grandiose sort of thing and yeah they don't they don't necessarily like do a fantastic job of it but at least it was something bigger and then they kind of like strung you along through the story that you figure these things out one by one, one after another, where some things are like, Oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. I didn't kind of expect that. And like, it's just, I don't know. It was more entertaining to me. Like I honestly, like you're going to hate me, but I would watch this again just to see if I missed anything. I would never just because, first of all, because I feel like I would, I would wake up. It's it's one of those movies. I feel like I would just put on the background. It's like, this is just a stupid movie. I'd look over and be like, Oh cool. She's jumping over like a, like a, you know, a crevasse, like three different times in like the same shot. Great. (laughs) I don't know. It's, it's so stupid or feet hands, you know, Hands was worth so worth Sophie the Okinado, experience. the best the, and the vagina hands. attack fruit. Yeah, yeah, the, the weird uh, <laughs> vagina fruit that like shoot pomegranates. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like they shoot three darts at a time, and like it's just so weird. Also, okay, here's another thing that bothered me is like that first scene, <laughs> or not the first scene, but that scene where they go to it's the the first time they go to infiltrate. What is called the government zone of the building. I was like, what? The government zone. Okay. Uh, Like, Feet Hands gets hurt. Like, she gets, because there's like the whole like blades of grass thing where like literally the grass is like blades. Mm -hmm. Where like she steps on it and it stabs through her her hand feet. But then she keeps going. Like, nothing happened. It's like made a point. Like, there's like a shot of the blades of grass literally puncturing her hands and she's like, ah! And then she somehow is just fine. Sorry. And um, going and saving Aeon Flux from the Blades of Grass. I, I don't know. It's There's just so many moments where you're, where you're like, okay, I guess, you know, you got to you gotta heighten the moment with like, ah, oh, somebody got hurt. But then, nope, they're totally fine. I guess they just heal themselves perfectly. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's that, nonsense, it dude. That, that was kind of – that, that came maybe, what, 15 minutes, 20 minutes into the movie. I was yeah, kind I of so. on autopilot where I – you know, typically in sci-fi movies of this caliber, you're you're trying to kind of get 
get your footing where you're like, okay, wh- who are the bad guys? Where, handing? where am I at? The, where are the foot handing at? Um, <laughs> and trying to like get a grasp of what's going on. And mm-hmm. at that point I realized that like, this is so stupid that it's enjoyable, but I still don't understand what's going on. Um, and that the way that that scene is shot specifically of them trying to get through these like obstacles and like blades of grass. Yeah. And there's like, there's a couple of other like traps and things that, you know, the government have set up or whatever, but it reminded yeah. me exactly like the lighting, the sci-fi, a lot of like the costume design reminded me of Star Trek, the next generation, the Wesley Crusher episode where he's like playing with all these kids on this like sex planet where everyone's wearing like silver uh, mm-hmm. underwear and he catches like a frisbee in this like grass that he's not supposed to go to and then he's like sentenced to death and the whole show is about like <laughs> capital punishment and stuff because <laughs> like, it's the utopia of like everyone has to stay in place if you're not in place you're not doing the right thing as a citizen or whatever but it doesn't fully it or at least it didn't fully engage me into that conflict of like you know, she represents, she's a Morrican. Monican. Monican. Uh, yeah, I'm more I of a Chandler. Um, but yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just like, yeah, the last of the Monicans. It, it's just like, there wasn't, <laughs> there wasn't enough of like the meat of why I should care about this as much as the, the movie was trying to sell that to me. And I feel like yeah. that obviously is, I'm sure there were weird cuts to the script but i i'd be interested to read the script just to see what was changed because there's so many strange problems in this movie that i think that it's very convenient to go oh you know this was taken away and this is dog shit but at the end of the day you know they did create this product that, that and the source material is honestly pretty bad too so but also, like it has a format like just like you said like at the end of every episode or whatever she dies that's a great idea for a show because you're like okay i don't think it's every episode i think it's most episodes so there's like no structure it's just but but it so random but it also it, it leads up to the recklessness of like i'm going to do everything that i can to do this because fuck it i'm gonna die anyway or whatever you know like that recklessness is exciting and there's not really that energy here or at least in the clips that i saw uh, from the the animated series uh you know which was released on mtv from 91 to 95 it had mm-hmm. that grungy kind of 90s look to it without mm-hmm. killing myself uh kirk Cobain, rest in peace but uh <laughs> this this just kind of feels like a gap commercial like it's i think part of it's the, the problem also weirdly like asexual for a movie yeah. that's like based off something that's possibly the horniest thing i've ever seen and like <laughs> built around like a love story that crosses lifespans yeah it like there's no generations he says there's there's nothing there it's so fucking flat uh which and- i I, I I think. Do you think that's the chemistry between Charlize Theron and Martin uh, Kosokis? Like, again, Martin Kosokis, our great weird flowy weirdo of an actor. He's great at being that kind of overdramatic. Anyway, um, I think it's partly but like, chemistry, yeah. and I think it's partly like movies haven't been allowed to be horny since the nineties. 
Like once Michael Douglas got old, I don't know, but I bet you Michael Michael Douglas Douglas got old. Yeah, (laughs) fatal attraction. (laughs) No, it was. I don't know. I'm trying to think. What's what's the horniest movie you can think of? Probably Basic Instinct. That movie is just like lust. I watched Crash for the second time this week. Crash is the horniest fucking movie I've ever seen. Actually, I yeah. Maybe, I'm, maybe I'm the horniest out. person, though. 97. But James Spader, once James Spader's career just... tumbled, that's when the horniness in movies went away. Like oh, They were like, people oh, no. don't want horny movies anymore. They want elves and But then he came back. Lost. You know, there's like secretary you know, with Maggie Gyllenhaal, like James Spader's a horny bastard. But Robert Secretary in Boston office. legally plays a Secretary wasn't a mainstream movie though. It was like an indie. Like in the nineties, they were releasing sexual thrillers. Like Like Bound. Yeah, Bound, Basic Instinct, uh Friedkin's Jade, which is one of Fatal the attraction. biggest bombs of all time. Jade's yeah, bad. Um, Jade is really bad too. I've haven't seen it. It's one of the only freed kids I haven't seen. Mm. I don't know. I I feel like the source material and everything else, like this movie calls out for it doesn't have to be like an R-rated thriller, but yeah. it should be steamier. Like, you know. Yeah, I mean it doesn't take any risks. Be... Yeah. Yeah. Well that I think that goes back to like um what you're saying, Paco, was like Karin had the idea to make this an epic and Jason you were saying like about what did the original like script look like I would love to know like what did they cut this down to what did they all cut out as well as like I feel like kind of going off of what you were saying as well Jason is like I didn't feel any sort of like uh, how to put this I didn't feel any connection to the society and the troubles that in the trials yes. and tribulations that were going on to actually care what the government was doing, because like, I get it as a, you know, a corrupt system, we can all sort of understand. And like, I feel like that's just kind of like an easy, easy, um, like caricature to give a government is mm-hmm. the kind of like people that were, you know, part of the government in this movie and like what they were doing to the people, making people disappear. And like the whole thing with like, people walking around being like, have you seen this person? This is my daughter. She's missing, which I'm going to change it for a second. Do you guys notice that whatever photograph was in this fucking movie is a terrible, like they just Mm. didn't have paper. Everything's on like weird plastic. So there are all these (laughs) blurry images. Like, have you seen my daughter? This is my daughter. I'm like, that could be any little girl around here, sir. I have no idea. And that picture of like, how are they going to make more paper? Like you can't oh cut trees. Right. Well, they have trees there. They're, they're spending all their. Yeah, they have think, vagina plants that are gonna. They're, they're, <laughs> they're gonna their, like attack them if they try to come down. But yet they spend all their money on these underlit stretchers with red velvet cloth and like, like these like stylized things that look outrageous yeah. and weird. And everything like, looks so difficult to look at. Like even their like their computer screens and stuff are just like weird lines and stuff. None of the images. I'm like, that looks. So mm-hmm. difficult, yeah. But anyway, like I, I couldn't personally make any connection f- with the Monicans for like I understand why they're doing it, but I didn't actually give a shit that they were doing. I didn't, I didn't have any like I didn't. I feel like this movie didn't do a very good job of making me connected enough with like the people of the city and what's left of the so what apparently what's left of the entire like population on Earth to m- make me. Mm-hmm 
emotionally invested in the stakes and the pretty much the entire plot of the movie like why the monicans are doing this well i mean it, like it, on a face value sort of thing i i understand but i wasn't like oh i can't wait till they win i was just like i guess i'm watching them do their thing well i mean you didn't really have like a character who represented like oh one of the kidnapped children or, or someone who yeah. eon is going after like i thought una would be that because she's exactly. the one who's kind of like i'm against the monican idea i want to make a difference but in like as a citizen and but she pieces she out early. she pieces out early yeah it's like you either have to make the audience like her before you kill her or you have to show her yeah. dying in a way that makes the audience sympathetic without doing either of yeah, those you're just like didn't. all right that that cool. lady so, we barely met died like who cares Um, It's like going past a dumb attraction on a long road trip where you're like, okay, cool. That's largest shovel in the world. Okay. I don't, that's cool. I don't care. Like, yes, largest shovel. That's exactly, that's a great analogy. But I mean, that's great. Largest shovel in the world. Cool. I'll move on to the next town. But that's the disappointing thing because we're talking about genre and we're talking about um, how our auteurs, like, it's just like, you're making a fantasy science fiction action movie where, okay, uh, it takes place in this, the last city on earth. And that's great. It takes place on earth, but there's nothing here that attracts an audience to care about what's going on. Like you need to have something tangible for an audience to care about, whether it's uh, something romantic or whether it's like, Oh, her sister's been kidnapped. Or whether it's a backstory with Trevor, where there's something else to it other than zero chemistry with each other. Like, hey, I drink it. There's a secret message in there for you. Yeah, you like, just left it's, it. It's just like, there. I felt disconnected because I never really felt like I was welcome to join this world or that I cared about anything. It was more of like, hey, here's this really you know, big budget ride that you're watching, but you're not on. It's like, mm-hmm. cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you're the operator. Unfortunately, like you didn't, you know, like you got hired for the job, but you were hoping you would, um, I don't know, get to see the nitty gritty little pieces of the ride. Instead, you're just the guy who presses the button and says, welcome to the ride. You must be this tall to get on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Know, totally. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, uh, I think it does. And, yeah, that's like I that's a great way of putting it is I didn't have any investment into joining these people. Why did I even care what they were doing? I I did think I don't know, I one thing I did appreciate was like they they at the beginning of the movie, you know, for the first like 20 minutes or so, you're supposed to believe that Trevor Goodchild is like the evil villain. He's the one who's doing all these bad things and making people disappear. It's because of him that that the things the the injustice and the you know the, the the turmoil or whatever that's going on within the actual city that's supposed to be a utopia all the things it's kind of like the uh, you know those who leave omelas or whatever the ones who walk away from omelas yeah yeah the ones who walk away from omelas thing where it's like behind the scenes all the nasty stuff mm-hmm. is happening in order for you to like live this utopic life and i think that's kind of like what they're sort of going for but they kind of shit the bit on that but i do like that like you know trevor is painted as this kind of like, I don't know, like classic, all of his propaganda. He's his, his artwork is much like, you know, like chairman Mao. He's chairman Goodchild. 
Um, and they paint him in such like it's all his fault. And then eventually, like even when you first meet him, you kind of get the idea that like, no, he's got a different agenda. And it's kind of everybody that's working under him, including his brother, mm-hmm. who are the real masterminds behind all the shit that's going on. And he's kind of left in the dark. And I guess is, you know, doesn't know enough about this stuff, which, you know, which bad leadership. Yeah, but he's he's more of a scientist than a leader, I feel like, because he's the one who actually created is working on the cure in an actual lab. And like he's the essentially the curator for the the idea of cloning to, um, you know, counteract the sterilization of humans. You just like kind of clone them in some other family you inseminate them mm-hmm. I'm like a surrogate sort of thing and um i don't like i don't know I, I i did kind of appreciate that where it wasn't just like oh immediately right off the bat this is the bad guy this is who we're going against there's nobody else involved he's the main bad guy and we just have to watch him and yeah. watch them defeat the main bad guy there was a little bit of like like oh there's more to this guy than we think i kind of appreciate that it make it honestly made me want to keep watching the movie to be like, I thought oh, it was pretty tight the bad guy because was. they set up pretty early on that he's not the bad guy and who the real yeah, bad they do guy it really is. Early. So I was like, all right, I know what's going on. Got uh, hackers. <laughs> yep. Now I see where it's going. Yeah, zero like cool. you can sort of figure out where it's going to go from there. Mm-hmm. Well, True. I did not expect yeah. a baby blunt with an old man running it. Uh, <laughs> oh, dude, with also fucking... Sweet. Yeah. yeah, did I pronounce a his name? Hustlethwaite. He's the best. Oh my god, I love that it was him, dude. I don't see him in enough movies, but I was like, "Fucking a!" And I mean, Fred cool, he's back. Gorman's in here. You know, speaking yeah. of Hustlethwaite, James and the Giant Peach. Come on, yeah. You know, dude, I'll, I'll eat fucking or uh, green. You know, swirls in a popcorn bag <laughs> any day, dog. Isn't he? And also, he's he's in. Um, he's the guy. Also in, uh, I know he's in Lost World Jurassic Park, but he's also in the uh, Usual Suspects um, as like the guy that you think might be. Um, Maybe. Uh, might be. What's what's the what's the fuck? What's the name of the dude that he's they're like Mr. trying to Kaiser find? Kaiser Soze. Yes, he's yes. Yeah, Kaiser Soze. No, he's the guy who works for yeah. uh, Kaiser Soze. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. No, I mean he's probably one of the best character actors of the '80s and '90s. Like yeah. he's in everything. Like you throw, I isn't just, he in like Snatch? Or he's in he's in. Uh... I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah, I just saw him in the town. Uh, oh, he nice. rules in the that. town. He's like the head gangster. Uh, they call him the florist, Ooh. and you don't cross the florist in the town. Apparently, which it's it's kind of fucked up that he's not Irish, you know. Oh, I guess yeah, he's he's, he's from uh, Lancashire. He's from England. Yeah. But yeah. What's what's more fucked up is that I think I confused Snatch with uh, the town, <laughs> or vice versa. <laughs> 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 Jason Statham, Ben Affleck, basically the same. Yeah. Brad Pitt, Dexter, Jetster. How many how many laser discs of this do you think Elon Musk has gone through? Using <laughs> 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 like he's watched them so many times, he's degrading the laser discs, so he's having new ones made of this movie specifically. Because he obviously loves this movie so much. I mean, that's why he started to name his child Aeon, but uh, 
decided to use that letter uh, in a different way. Well, you, you, anyway. you know, Evan, you were talking about like the utopian vision of this movie, and it, it reminded me a lot of Logan's Run. Did, did you guys get the same kind of impression at certain points? Just in, I guess maybe in that they're both they look kind of nice, but they're both kind of boring and boring suck as hell. Lo- Logan's Run yeah. is a strange well, one where it's just say the same thing about thing about the island. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah Logan's Run thing. Yeah, Logan the Run. island is definitely more <laughs> Logan's Run. Uh, but but I I guess I mean like the aesthetics, uh, you know. Yes, like, absolutely. Kusama, the costuming is kind of like that. I th- but, I like, think yes, but not exactly because they are never painted as a utopia. Like everything in the design is this weird kind of like police state chic, and in Logan's Run, it felt more like hippy dippy. You know, except hippies that couldn't have sex. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, but I guess I just mean like the uh, <laughs> paid for love. <laughs> I guess I just mean like the overall look. Like, there's not really a, I don't know, like all of the scenes of like Charlize Theron and like walking through crowds of people, or just like the costuming, the like. Mm-hmm. The cinematography is just kind of strange. It was, uh, it was by Stuart Dreiber. Or, I, or Dryberg, it's the Edinburgh kind yeah. of the GH at the end. But yes. he's, he's the cinematographer. I feel like this is where Wouldn't one of the problems Wouldn't it be Dryberg then? Yeah, I think it's, well, it's B-U-R-G-H. Dryberg? I was making a dumb joke because you said Edinburgh, and I said, shouldn't that be Dryburgh? Dryburgh. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I didn't hear it quite right the first time, so that's a good one. <laughs> but uh, th- this guy, he, he shot a couple of, like, it's not like they relied on someone with a bunch of experience of movies of this caliber, this genre. A lot of his work yeah. is like the piano and he did John sales Lone Star, which I mean is pretty mm. uh, awesome. But a lot of the movies that he's done are more like period dramas, like Kate and Leopold. And I feel and analyze this, like that lack of imagination kind of is a detriment to the movie. Well, I don't he, think, lack of experience equals lack of imagination and i think visually like uh, he does some interesting work like there are some Mm -hmm. really good shots in this movie in a way that i would not say there were in a michael bay movie and like they're not as frequent as i would have liked but compared to say again the island or to potentially the earlier cut because one of the big things is apparently they mapped out all these sequences that were primarily visual that were cut to shreds and not executed properly in the editing room like Hmm. i don't feel like it interesting is fair to lay too much blame on him when we can see like some really powerful visual moments in the film so yeah i disagree but i'm just kidding <laughs> Sorry, i just want to i just want to give you a hard time yeah that's a good point i just i still feel like there's some disconnect in in whether it's between kusama and him like there something doesn't feel copacetic and i i don't know if it's just the editing or a producer taking over like there is some disconnect here and i i feel like i was joking about it on text uh but it's just like I would want to see the movie about what the fuck went wrong here because there's so much here that is so just batshit strange that I would just love to know what happened. Um, uh, You know, I wasn't a huge fan of this movie because I I just, 
it just kind of bored me and it disappointed me because I'm a huge Kusama fan, but also like Charlize Theron's like one of the best actors of all time, biggest like movie stars of all time. She still does great in this, actually. It, but and that's the weird thing. She's nah. scripted. She still does good. No, I, I think she plays it well. It's I like, feel like there are some moments where I was like, okay, she's, she's this is the moment where she's putting her real acting chops into it. I, 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 I thought like she was sleepwalking emotionally. That, that's what I was gonna say. Like I feel. Like, I mean, I would too, but <laughs> I felt like she's kind of on this like autopilot that you can tell for like the astronaut's wife in like random projects mm-hmm. that uh weren't really good but um <laughs> i feel like most of the effort is in the physicality of the performance like there's a behind the scenes um youtube video where you see a bunch of the stunt work and you see kusama coaching uh Theron, like uh one-on-one in what kind of struck me and i went back to the movie and i, I rewatched a couple of things but there's a shitload of practical effects mm-hmm. and Charlie's throne is actually doing like she's, she's in a rig doing those jumps, mm-hmm. doing the splits. Like she's doing gymnastics and she's Damn. really doing those. And she's doing a shitload of stunts. She actually got injured during the making of this movie. And so like the physicality of that is impressive. I mean, she really does yeah, like she trained for this, but then you see it and you're like, fuck, this is like a tomb Raider yeah, movie. Sorry, with just Mission for a Impossible. second. Can you imagine getting injured for Eon Plus? <laughs> no, fuck no. That I don't know those blades of grass. That's so pretty much. scary. Yeah, I mean, yeah, totally. You know, you know, how is that safe? You know, to have blades of grass when people can just walk on it with their feet, hands. Yeah, yeah, and like you know, so they're probably skimming through the script to find out where the what the fuck's going on with their character. So they probably got a few paper cuts oh. doing that too, just trying to figure out things. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, well, it's hard to read a script with your feet hands. Well, th- no, I thought it would be a lot easier. Yeah. I don't know. It's so know, far away. <laughs> this movie. Uh, it, it, okay. uh, hold on. Uh, turn the page. Okay. It feels. It feels like a sixty-five million dollar shitty pilot episode for MTV. That's you what, know? It like, honestly, sounds like it comes down to. <laughs> it, 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 like they probably. Well, do you know if they were going to? Um, like, did did the studios want this to eventually become sort of a franchise? That's what like it, do a sequel. That's honestly what it looks like to me. And you know, there was a video game that came out around this time. Yeah. Like, I feel like this became a product at a certain point where they were like, "Oh, this is going to be a franchise," and they were kind of leaving a cup like so many things open. And I wonder if that keeping it vague, like so many of this movie is so like just impersonal or just doesn't like nothing's grounded. It just kind of is this, I don't know, like you're just going through the motions and watching it play out and it's over. Uh, Yeah. It's kind of like it hits the ground running, but not in like a, not in a really effective way. Like the movie just, you know, it starts and it goes, but not in the way like, I don't know, something like I'm not a huge fan of inception, but that is one of those movies that hits the ground running and does an effective job of making it uh, engaging and like have a, you know, a grander theme and stuff like that. That's actually worth watching and fun. But this one is just one of those. It just hits the ground running. And then you're just kind of like trying to catch up with it. And you're just like stumbling. It keeps stumbling and you're stumbling with it. And then eventually it falls over and it's like, OK, let's lay down and rest. OK, good night. Mm. How cool was Charlize Theron on a on a banner during the blimp crash? Did you guys laugh at that as hard as I did? Or I cracked what? up. She was on a banner. 
I what is uh, fuck? What I don't remember that. Those things called it's like Jellicle or something. It's those they're those floating things, things that, that are oh yeah, streamer. She's yeah, she's like hanging yeah, 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 from the yeah. streamer. Like and I was thing. like, okay. Charlize, I almost just want to write you a piece of mail to say I'm so sorry this happened to you 16 <laughs> years ago. Like it's so fucking embarrassing. It's ma'am, I can see the green screen, and um, I'm sure you did too. They clearly spent more t- time on the reckless stunt jumping budget. Like there yeah. are so many weird Power Ranger moments where they're just jumping in their Which it, again is the just, cartoon. Like that cartoon is Seventy percent jumps, twenty percent like toe sucking and shit, and then ten percent like violence. toe sucking on the yeah, on dude. the lady's hands. Sathandra. Talk about crash. Yeah. Mm. What toes are we talking about? <laughs> Sathandra's blood soaked blade of grass. <laughs> yeah, no, her, uh, her foot, her hand feet. No, Trevor sucks <laughs> Young Flux's feet, like her toes, in the first episode. Okay. How many well, laser discs do you think Quentin Tarantino has gone through? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just this weird middle of the road sci-fi, like uh, like Oblivion with Tom Cruise. Better oh movie. yeah, like, there are all these that better movie, but but like I feel like like Babylon Eight with Vinny D. Oh my god, yeah. There are all these really vanilla sci-fi movies that are. Battlefield Earth. Well, <laughs> Battlefield Earth is its own like yeah. yeah this kind I of would not call Battlefield Earth. <laughs> oh my god, the little the little creatures are like humans. Oh my, oh my god. god. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> I got dreadlocks. Oh my god. <laughs> Disco. <laughs> <laughs> I wear my slick hair back. <laughs> Biscuit guy, how should I how should I act in this scene? Now, what how, what percent of uh, disability should I have here? What what are we doing here? Yeah. Uh, do I have character or what? Hey, Limp Biscuit, what am I doing here? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Sorry. Um, God. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I forgot about Battlefield Earth. <laughs> uh, I want I did want to say one last thing that I appreciate about this movie. I don't know if this was a Karin Kusama sort of choice or whatnot, but one thing I did appreciate about the movie was uh, Women in Power. You got mm-hmm. Handler. You got Anne Flux as the driving force behind this. Her, like, other badass that also helps save the day at the end, uh, Miss Feet Hands. Um, mm-hmm. Siddhartha or something? Sithandra, I think. Sithandra. Um, yeah, and it kind of showed also, like, the dudes in power were ultimately just dumb. Even Trevor, like the whole time, like when finally they, they're like running through the city trying to escape and he's getting like kind of shot up fucking, you know, Eon has to like, has to protect him as well as like save his life and like tend to his wounds. Like he's a little baby and he's always like, Oh, I got shot. Ouch. Can you save me? And she's kind of like, okay, yes, Mm. yes, fine. Uh, did you, where did you not get hit? Let's let's figure that out. That's like one of our or something. But that's why I appreciated Women of Power showed the truth. Well, it was also just more more than that. It was just showing that oh, uh, women can be protagonists in the action hero without drawing the idea that oh, hey, look, I'm a female. I'm an action hero. Like yeah, she, without it she's, being like a caricature. Like she's mm-hmm. propped up in a way that's like she's she's sexy but like in control and like confident in a way that i don't think you would get away with or that michael bay would get away with 
uh, you know, like yeah, he would make a very very different movie. There's not humping here. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Charlize Theron isn't meant to look dumb. You know, like a lot of Michael Bay shit. And I kind of do appreciate that because, um, you know, Karin Kusama went from a million dollar movie like Girl Fight, which was something that she wrote and directed, uh, to a $65 million huge MTV produced movie where coincidentally she did meet Phil Hay and Man, uh, Matt Manfredi, which I think she did knew, she did know uh, Phil Hay a little bit earlier, like a, a couple years before him, who uh, mm-hmm. she married. Um, and, and later later in life, yeah. And later went on to work with both of them for the invitation, both. The yeah. Invitation they wrote the invitation, which, uh, yeah, they, mean, they kind of become her, her, her writing partner, you know, spoilers, you know, the invitation is one of my favorite movies of all time. And one was, was one of the reasons why I cho- chose Kusama as a, an auteur to examine because sort of similar to Antoine Fuqua, uh, you know, leaning into his eighties influences and making these type of movies, uh, you know, of a period or, or to tell a certain type of, you know, story through certain, through certain themes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's certain taking the, like you're saying, sorry, uh, touching on what we discussed last week, uh, Kusama's doing this with like the seventies, right? Because like, yeah, that's the area she fell in love with. Well, it's like, there's something in, in why I go back to Logan's run is like, there's something kind of, I don't mean cheap. I mean, um, there's something like resourceful. Okay. There, there's something like resourceful, like they shot in Germany. They didn't create these like crazy sets and all this CGI to take you out of it. Even though like, you know, some of those shots of the city are, are goofy. I mean, there's a lot of weird CGI shit, but mm-hmm. like. But it, again, those aren't really the director's choices. Those are more producer choices. Yeah, but but like, I, I still, I feel like, you know, Girl Fight is like this rocky 70s sensation. This is kind of like 70s sci-fi, just in terms of like the set design and like the costumes are kind of, they're not extravagant in like the fifth element way in this like over the top way they're like they're not functional either but they're just kind of like muted and and kind of showing the uh the dystopian reality that these characters live in and i feel like the further along we go with her which jennifer's body i guess is kind of the exception to the rule because it's not necessarily a 70s movie unless you count like fast time well i don't think fast times was 70s early Uh, 80s early 80s like but i feel like the paranoid 70s thriller and i feel like you know girl fight uh you know has the 70s fighter mentality and kind of like this really amazing feminist approach and then the further along we go through her career like the invitation that movie Mm -hmm. is i mean i I don't want to get too ahead of myself but i mean it's it's uh unbelievable so i'm seeing bits of what i like in her later work here because it does feel like a boys club in hollywood in general and especially at this time i mean we're talking like 2005 what doesn't that bring you back to high school trauma you know like 2005 sucked i mean you had the Mm -hmm. island for god's sake electric (laughs) oh my god you did king kong um, well, I can I can absolutely see like the it, to, to be honest, I I mean, I could totally be wrong about this, but my idea of like the seventy seventy sort of sci fi aesthetic is of like utopic sort of look, 
is kind of drawn into this movie where like the kind of like bright white sort of colors rounded edges on everything it's like not entirely you know like not like phallic but again like the rounded sort of edges on things it's not um, a grimy just, it's almost like mass effects you know mm-hmm. citadel is sort of similar to that way just that kind of like it's not absolutely like it like blade runner style like dystopic um cityscape it has that kind of like like i'd see it on the cover of a uh, you know 70s sci-fi novel or something like that um of like the kind of city where it's like ah the main character is like standing in the foreground in the background see this utopic city that they're trying to reach or something like that you know the kind of oz sort of idea and i feel like yeah there's a little bit of that aesthetic to it and i can see where you might be drawing that from as well for like um logan's run which is one of those where it's like that place is like they do in the island it's it's that weird sort of bright white you know like clean um everything the clean clean. sort of branded sort of look of a utopia with a dystopic sort of underbelly well i mean it doesn't have a lived-in vibe to it it's kind of like the one of the problems with the george lucas prequels where it's just like this isn't a lived-in world that has texture to it it just feels like you just yelled cut or, or action and these characters just started moving these actors and well i I buy that in a dystopic state because if you get killed for fucking writing graffiti, everything's going to be super clean and super nice. Yeah, exactly. It seems like people are getting killed for anything and everything. Well, that's the thing. It's like, I think the idea of like, it's utopic, but it's too clean to really be truly because it doesn't doesn't everything is into like the grime. Like what's the trash compactor look like? Like what's going on with people who like, I'm more interested in people who don't live in the city where that's the only population. Like I'm interested well, in the- everybody else is dead. Yeah. But no one yeah. wandered out. Nobody else is like, Apparently why? No, the, the wall is too big. You can't, you can't get out. Then why would you trust the government? Yeah. Because they're constantly on Because, dude, you're talking about America. Like, why would you trust the government? Mm, well, we don't even know. We've this been questioning that for village. a long time. This could have been Eon Flux 3 where they, they go dude. out and it's like fucking New Jersey. Mall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh... Oh my god, yeah, exactly. A bus drives by. It's just like... This is a whole movie set that they build for a movie and they find out that they're actually not real people. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, oh my God. And then Anne Flex is hit by a truck and she's dead. Better movie Um, than The Village or Eon Flux. That's that's kind of where I go is like, I'm not a huge fan of this movie. I think you both like this more than I did, but... Um, why like a small hang on but like hang on don't don't be putting words in my mouth no, i mean i'm pretty sure it's <laughs> yeah. such a cool tattoo though paco the, the, don't you have like a fly that's on <laughs> someone's eyelashes well okay we, we yeah, did say i mean that's the we, thing is like there's so much imagery that is like wow this is cool like the clips from the anime or the the, the animated show is like this looks yeah. dope there's some cool stuff in there. We did it's agree not, that like this movie is better than shot like a gap. The island by just a little bit, by just enough. And no, it's Jason, it's much better than the that. island. I mean, it doesn't have two McGregor's. I'll tell you that. I hated this movie, but I enjoyed actually watching. I, like I didn't throw up watching this movie. I wasn't like sick to my stomach, being like, "Oh, this is hard to get through." And I was eating a heavy ass burrito. While I was watching it, I was like having a fucking, you know, a gay old time. I, I'd watch this over half of Michael Bay's movies. Yeah. yeah. 
I would watch this over a Transformers movie. Yeah, that has to, be, has to be something. Which is funny because all of them get they get better ratings than this movie. This movie has terrible, terrible, terrible reviews. Which and, ratings. You think and yet I feel like any of yes, a lot of Michael Bay's films are Michael Bay deserves them too. Yes. Well, like, do you think that time? Do you think time will be kinder to this movie? Like, Paco, you no. just saw the Punisher uh, no, with Dolph Lundgren, no. and it's like when that movie came out, I'm sure that turned off a shitload of people. But I kind of love it. Um, like, do you think that there's going to be resurgence in this at some point, or do you think it's kind of like irresalvageable? No, this is I not going to be one of those that turns into a cult classic. No, this no, will not be a cult classic. Does, no, it's not bad. A remake. It's not bad in fun ways. Like, the thing about the Punisher movie is it's so fucking goofy. Like, he just machine guns, like, Yakuza in, like, with samurai swords. And he must spend thousands of dollars on throwing knives with a Punisher skull. And he, for (laughs) some reason, has, like, a remote-controlled booze car uh, to, like... (laughs) That... It's just so fucking dumb. I love it. And it's like Eon Flux yeah. isn't dumb enough. But that's it's in it, that horrible middle zone where it's yeah. not exciting, not fun, and it not a resurgence. interestingly bad. That's and it doesn't seem like the source material really needs to be turned into a Hollywood film either. It's like that show it seems like a one and done sort of like you enjoy it or you don't. And I don't know. That's also me speaking completely out of my ass because I haven't watched the show. But from what it sounds like, from just the little things that we've discussed here, even that show is like, we don't need to turn this into mm-hmm. a, a movie. No, it's fine as a, a TV show a that fucking, was out in the 90s. and an e- They're making a Scooby-Doo prequel now. They'll just turn anything into a TV show. Well, but Scooby-Doo is... It's a cartoon it prequel without stuff. Scooby-Doo. It's about Velma. Why? <laughs> yeah. Right, because I really want to know what made the character the character that I love, and yeah. she's played by Mindy Kaling. Linda Carter, Mindy Kaling, Kaling. Yeah. Okay, really? Okay, that's I'm super interested now. That's adorable, but really, I, don't know. I think she not a huge Mindy Kaling. Very in the way. I love Mindy Kaling. I think I'm sure I'm sure she is a great writer and a great artist. I just everything I've ever seen her like do, I'm just like. Uh, I'd like I she's a great writer like she wrote some of the best episodes of The Office but yeah uh, yeah, I'm still not Not a big Kaling Project uh, fan you know yeah can't say I ever saw it no no, but I I, yeah exactly you you make uh, Paco you make the perfect um, summation of this movie is it's not so bad that it's funny it's not so bad that it's kind of remarkable for how bad it is and it's not so bad that it's like just good it's just kind of like that was my only problem with it is it was more i you know rolling from me than like giggling at how bad it was like it was just kind of like geez like man uh this week sucked i can't wait to watch this movie that kind of is boring and i'm yeah, I mean, it was. Mm-hmm. This was the first a movie chore. in a while for for our show that like I was struggling with. I, I took three breaks, and it like sucked. I was just, it was like flirting with my hand to get my pocket to check my phone. All right, so doing some verbal aikido uh, and turning your negativity around on you into some positivity. Yeah. Uh, what was your favorite performance? This is our new segment. 
called Saving Face. New segment. New segment. Come with me if you want to live. But yeah, Jason, what do you say? This is tough. It's kind of like uh, I hate all these just like my kids, you know? Um, all the same. Uh, I honestly, I'm going to go with Frances McDormand. The fact <laughs> show, I didn't know she was in this movie whatsoever. Um, I'm not going to lie to you, shows up. but Frances yeah. McDormand is one of my favorite actors of all time. Like I, she's one of those ones where even in bad movies, she's the standout and I just like adore her. But the fact that she shows up in may or may have not influenced the heart queen from the uh, Tim Burton, Alice in Wonderland, uh, <laughs> Helena Bonham Carter thing. Cause like she has an absurd red curly wig on and she's in yeah. like a surgery <laughs> theater. Like, uh, so good. Yeah. It's so I'm fucking weird. So confused, which we didn't talk about that, but I am kind of confused about that. But uh, she it's just like a mind palace, how they can, yeah, they just like connect by pressing this thing that's like installed in their spine. Well, they have teleporters because she has that teleporter that takes her from the kitchen to the lab. At but one she's point. not teleporting because at the very end, they're both down and she communicates with Sithandra through that. They like dig into their skin and like press on that little white button so that they can talk in that little realm so that Aeon can convince her not to kill her and trevor good so it's like a weird mind palace thing that they can just enter yeah like i can see the teleporting part but yeah it's it's a weird mind palace thing anyway like i I just i think why that stands out is for one didn't know she was in this movie same with pete uh apostle thwaite uh Mm -hmm. also like oh my gosh i love you and i haven't seen you in i mean he passed away a couple of years ago but he did he's yeah Mm -hmm. uh yeah like 2015 or it was a 2011 um which i mean he's just he's one of those actors where you just love when you see him show up because he's just like magnetic but going back to francis mcdormand like i feel like she either didn't know the movie she was in at all or she did and just <laughs> fucking gave it her all because like yeah it's she does that she's so she shows like, up in the transformers movies like yeah she shows up in random places remember like, about yeah I'm you know what to forget. 2020 was a tough year dude <laughs> everybody to needs to buy a house <laughs> you know maybe she needed a new swimming pool exactly <laughs> like, yeah, yeah yeah i don't blame her i respect yeah. her oh i respect and all she these still people. sells it i still love charlie's theron i'm never ever gonna of course. give up but um that's my pick how about that's you so uh what do you think uh paco I gotta go with Sophie Okanado. Hopefully, I'm saying it right. It's British. Um, Hopefully, yeah. Okanado. Yeah, that's probably close to it. Uh, uh, Okanado. Sophie Okanado. <laughs> I mean, also we could be rather insensitive because it's British Nigerian. <laughs> okay, that's a good point. Maybe we should cut that out. So <laughs> we were not ripping on the Nigerian side. We were ripping on the British. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How can I die? Like, That's probably what she heard a lot as a kid. Yeah. What kind of name is that? How can I die? So she's got anyway. like maybe the most thankless role in the movie where she's like the yeah. friend who has to be betrayed and then still buy into Eon's like change of heart at the end. Yeah, that was with weird. like five minutes of time while also having to pretend like having feet hands is normal 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, some neurons got mixed up somewhere along that. Yeah. Maybe that what's what happened in her brain, because there was a surgery like she mentioned that she had those like surgically. Yeah, it was like when they first meet, she's like, how did the upgrade come? And she's like, check it out. Yeah. I mean, if (laughs) if I had feet uh, like hand feet, I would just do the old Dr. Nick bit about. Mr. McGregor with an arm for oh, a yeah. leg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dr. Nixon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would honestly annoy, I would annoy everyone at Foot Locker. Yeah. With like um, asking for high fives, but to put my sh- my hand in their shoe. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm sorry, I interrupted. I interrupted. I'm sorry, Paco. Yeah, it's all good. We're getting goofy. I just think she had a really thankless role and... Mm-hmm. Agreed. She was as convincing as any of the actors are in this movie. So good for her. How about you? I Evan? agree, dude. If, if, if not a little bit more so, she also, I think Francis McDormand it where she at least tried like agreed. Charlie's their own. I think did what she thought was best, um, but is not as convincing or as engaging in her acting in this movie as uh, Sophie Okonedo. Um, I did think I, I agree. It's kind of a thankless role. I also, again, as much as I sort of uh, like in the Equalizer episode, I sort of made fun of Martin uh, Kasokas's like acting style. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He just has a he just has a way with himself that it just it it mesmerizes me. He's just so interesting. I I don't know what it is. He's always just kind of like he goes and plays his roles he's in like this dirty sort of way. He's like a dirty he's a, Shakespeare dude. Like yeah. he's a dirty weirdo. Shakespeare it's like even if he's a good guy, he's a flowy weirdo. Yeah. Is what I say. That where he's just is like it's like he's fucking high on quaaludes the whole time or something like that. Yeah, and it's like that's his acting style for everything. Granted, in Equalizer, he's fucking awesome in some parts. But yeah, it's like everything I see him in, he's always that where you're kind of like, especially, okay, I wanted to bring up the scene where uh, Aeon wakes up in bed next to him after they had the night before Mm -hmm. had sex out of, I don't know, some sort of like dizzy spell she had because she had some memories that they were partners, which you don't really get into until later in the movie. Then she wakes up and she's like sitting on him and like choking him to like make him pass out so she can like investigate his little palace there. And the way he acts it is as if he's like so fucking into being choked. And then <laughs> yeah. he's like, he's he's not like being like, oh, oh God, no, stop, don't. He's like, oh, oh. Yeah. oh. He like gives this like fucking performance of like, he's, He's fucking getting off that it's Charlie's Theron choking him. That was like, it was a very horny way of playing. And I was like, kind of, uh, I don't know. I didn't like that. (laughs) I was like, it's it's very very Mark Kosokis of him to just be like anything he takes. It's kind of like, he's very sensual with like the way he acts. It's very weird. It's very uh, like, again, Mm -hmm. I'm not, I say Sophie Okonedo over everybody but um he i don't know martin kasokas just stands out for me he's so interesting he's such a weird a weird actor kasokas is good i can sexy uh i can tip the scale back onto the okinado uh you know train if i would you know well it's left the station would it surprise you (laughs) that she's the wachati princess Yes, I know. i know that's the first time i ever saw her yeah i know exactly who she is she's she's the best yeah She's great. 
anyway, yeah. So that, that's my thing. Martin Martin Kosokas. He's awesome in a confusing way. Seconded. He's like he's like a fuck yeah. Honestly, I don't know how to put it. He's as much as I love Clive Owen, I also don't think Clive Owen is like a masterclass actor. What? Have and you neither heard? is Martin Kosokas. Have I seen what? King Arthur? <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> he's awful in that. He is like probably the worst. Anyway. <laughs> Even though he's he's the only one given depth, but yeah, honestly, he Martin Kosokas is like a um not not even a discount Clive Owen. He's like he's like okay, you've got Clive Owen who is a Apple, and then you got this sexy, sleek sort of like sensual, or not? No, 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 no. Clive Owen is Microsoft, where he's a little hard edged and like straightforward interface is pretty easy to figure out. Oh. And you've got Martin Kosokas, where his interface is a little bit. You know, it's more artsy-fartsy. He's kind of flowy. He's probably one of those drama nerds back in high school who loved the grandiose characters. Like, mm-hmm. kind of one of those fellas, you know? I That's thought you were talking, like, apples at the supermarket. And... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh <that's awesome. laughs> and, and then... Yeah, Owen is oranges? Yeah. <laughs> or pears? Clive Owen is clearly <laughs> a celery. Like... He's a celery? Well, Martin Kosokas is an apple. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> One's better for you, but one's tastier. Yeah. Ooh. But it's ooh. That's actually that is a way better one. Better. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is not. This is a a fruit and vegetable sort of you know comparison mm-hmm. right here, guys. Anyway, actually, Clive Owen should be a carrot because uh, shoot a clock. Oh, because yeah, oh. he kills. Yeah, yeah, it's oh. pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Final thoughts, fellas. Don't watch it. Never Don't ever watch ever it. watch it. They it's should not even need to watch this. All it's kind copies of, of this movie. And Watch they the should... trailer. Yeah, it's... yeah. Trailer's, <laughs> trailer's good. Uh, trailer's got its moments, man. Yeah. Uh, anyways, next week is a movie that I am dreading for four simple words. Written by Diablo Cody. It is... Is that a bad one? <laughs> I am dreading it. I don't know Diablo Cody. I, you know, she wrote Juno. She, okay. she wrote Young Adult as well. And uh, spoiler alert, I watched this a couple weeks ago, and I fucking... You'll have to tune in next week. Yeah! <laughs> Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and uh, also check us out on our Instagram at, at Vulgar Auteurs Podcast, and also on Twitter at Auteurs uh, Vulgar. So that's only fine. Also, you know, Young Adult, not a very good movie, but Old Child is a really good one. She also wrote that. Oh, Benjamin Button, yeah. Um, I loved it. And before we go, please go ahead. And give yourself a hug. Yeah, fuck go you. fuck fucking <laughs> hug yourself. Yeah. Fuck you, Justin Timberlake. Hashtag <laughs> Britney, bitch. Yeah, what? <laughs>